Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Welcome to Heritage Events Live, a vital partnership, an address by Indian Ambassador Sandhu on India-U.S. relations. We're thrilled to have you here. Here are some tips for making the most of your virtual experience with us. Please submit questions through the questions tab. Feel free to share your name and affiliation. We love to know who's joining us. If there are any minor technical issues, we ask for your patience, as many of us are working from home and using home internet. I now invite Jeff Smith, Heritage's Research Fellow for South Asia, to come on screen. We hope you enjoy the program. And thanks very much for the introduction. And thanks to everybody watching from home. Uh, good morning to those in, in Washington and good evening to anybody tuning in from, uh, from India. Uh, very excited to bring you a program today uh, featuring a very distinguished speaker. We have with us today uh, the Indian Ambassador to the United States, Ambassador Taranjit Singh Sandhu. He is a well-known figure in Washington, having spent a good part of his career here. This is actually uh, the ambassador's third tour in Washington. He served as the DCM in the DC embassy from 2013 to 2017. He was uh, first secretary here from 1997 to 2000. He also served in New York, uh, India's permanent mission to the UN from 2005 to 2009. And uh, immediately prior to coming to Washington this time, he was high commissioner to Sri Lanka. Uh, from 2017 to 2020. So he has had a, a very distinguished over 30 year diplomatic career, which has included posts in Germany, uh, Russia, Ukraine, and in various capacities uh, in India's Ministry of External Affairs. We're very excited to hear from him today on the state of India-US relations, um, past, present, and future. It has been an unusual year to say the least, um, we have an unprecedented pandemic. There is an unprecedented crisis still unfolding at the China-India border. Um, and yet through all this turbulence, I think India-US relations have continued to be a bright spot and frankly continue to be a priority for the United States, uh, the Trump administration. And I think that was evident uh, in our uh, representation at the Quad Ministerial in Tokyo recently, I think that was evident in the fact that uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Defense Secretary Esper will be traveling to India later this month for a two plus two dialogue. So through all the turbulence, I think India-US relations remains a bright spot. And we're very excited to hear from the ambassador. Uh, but before we get to our main speaker, I want to uh, invite our vice president um, of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute, uh, Jim Carafano, to come on and provide some introductory remarks. Um, for many of you, Jim Carafano needs no introduction. Uh, he's a well-known, highly respected foreign policy national security figure here in Washington. He's regularly featured uh, in the press, on op-ed pages, on national television. Um, frankly, he covers a wide gamut of foreign policy issues. But I was uh, very encouraged when I came to Heritage, thinking that I would have to 
provide a rationale for why I was such a strong proponent of India-U.S. relations, and I found that um, Dr. Carafano needed no convincing, that in some ways he's been among the most enthusiastic supporters of this partnership of the Quad and of, of all the progress we've made in recent years. So with that, uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Jim Carafano on to give some opening remarks. Then we're going to move the floor over to Ambassador Sandu. Send your questions in on the chat box if you have them, and I look forward to seeing you in the, in the Q&A afterward. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, thanks to Ambassador Sandu for doing this event. It could not be more timely and more relevant. And thanks to you, Jeff, for helping organize. And I'm excited about listening to the ambassador. But what I, I'm really excited about listening to the dialogue following between you and he, I think that's going to be incredibly informative, uh, covering a range of issues. I'm really excited to hear the, the folks that questions have and the dialogue that follows that. I think this is just a tremendous opportunity. So Jeff recently uh, mentioned that recently uh, the United States, uh, Australia, Japan, and India assembled for the second ministerial version of the Quad. The Quad is a, a framework that actually includes a, a wide range of interchanges, and it brings together the four, four of the great democracies of the Asia-Pacific region to really talk about how we operationalize this vision of a free and open Indo-Pacific. And I think what's particularly significant about the Quad is there could not be a relevant democratic framework in the Indo-Pacific without India. And to see India step forward, uh, not just as a leader in looking to the future of prosperity and security and of its own people, but as a significant force for regional stability, and really in many ways emerging as a global leader with an increasing footprint in Africa, in the, in the greater Middle East, uh, and not just in the Asia Pacific region. Uh, it is never more important to understand the aspirations and the hopes and the, the, the contributions of the Indian people and to really, for Americans, to understand this increasingly important bipartisan relationship between these two great democracies and what it holds in store. And I, I can't think of anyone better to really lead us in that conversation than the ambassador. So uh, your, your Excellency, if you would join me at the, the virtual podium here, We'd love to hear your opening remarks and, and start on what I think will be a really, really fruitful discussion. Thank you, Jim. Uh, I have known you for many years for this uh, nice introduction. And thanks, Jeff, for hosting this event. Uh, the Heritage Foundation is one of the leading think tanks that has been shaping our understanding of foreign policy and global issues. And it's a pleasure for me to be here. Today is indeed a special day for us. It is Indian Foreign Service Day. It was on this day in 1946, even before India's independence, that India established its own diplomatic service. Diplomacy, of course, has changed so much over time. Relationship between countries, just like between individuals, are complex and are not easy to understand or analyze, let alone predict. This is what makes it interesting and exciting for both you and me. 
it has been a wonderful journey so far and as a diplomat one has always tried to learn something new all through and it has been an enriching experience professionally and personally for me particularly my stints in the united states as world's largest democracy and perhaps the world's most integrated and pluralistic society india's diplomacy has essentially been to meet the development aspirations of its 1.3 billion people diplomacy for development india has also been engaging effectively with the world to meet common challenges in meeting both these objectives the united states remains our key and critical partner and a close friend however this is a relationship which is not just for the benefit of people of our two nations it is a relationship which caters to global good in the last two decades the partnership between india and united states has deepened and evolved into a global comprehensive strategic partnership the india us relationship has been sustained by bipartisan support in the united states and cross party support in india over the years heritage has watched this development our relationship with the united states also goes much beyond the two governments business and knowledge partnerships people to people contacts and scientific exchanges have strengthened and nurtured the relationship between our two countries in these years our economic partnership has grown by leaps and bounds our bilateral trade has crossed 150 billion dollars us companies have invested over 46 billion dollars in india more than 2000 us companies have a presence in india this includes every major fortune 500 company more than 200 indian companies have a footprint in almost all the states of united states cumulatively they have created over 125000 jobs in this country the 4 million plus vibrant indian american community has been another bridge and an important part of the american society they have made their presence felt in politics in business research medicine tech new and emerging technologies to name a few the indian diaspora is an important part of the innovation ecosystem of united states and contributes to the competitiveness of the us economy indian and indian american doctors and healthcare workers have been at the forefront of the fight against covid our rich and diverse human capital plays a critical role in crafting the india us strategic partnership having served here in dc twice earlier under every administration the partnership has touched new heights however given the true potential of our relations i believe the best is yet to come so today i want to underline five broad principles which i feel could take the india us partnership to the next level first and foremost look ahead keynes did say that in the long run we are all dead 
but for political strategists and international relations practitioners, medium to long term is important. While short term gains might provide happiness and relief, we cannot afford to overlook where we want to be in the long run. This also means that we cannot be complacent about short-term gains, nor can we be too agitated about short-term losses. Look far, look ahead. Second point is related to the first in a way. Look broad, look deep. Both our countries need to look at the big picture. We cannot afford to see things in silos, however hard the temptation may be. The strategic vision needs to encompass the vision from a single department or from a single stakeholder. Thirdly, the strength of the partnership comes from strengthening each other. India's growth is not in interest of India alone. A secure and prosperous India is in the interest of the region and the world at large. Today, we have a very broad-based defense partnership with the United States, encompassing all aspects of defense cooperation. Our cooperation is not limited to defense trade, which has grown rapidly to over $21 billion in just over a decade and covers joint exercises and training, joint research and technology collaboration, co-development and co-production of defense platforms. We have a robust institutional framework with several enabling agreements and understanding concluded in recent years to advance our defense collaboration. The designation of India as a major defense partner by the United States and the accordance of strategic trade authorization one status by the US is a recognition of our robust defense ties and the immense potential it holds for further expansion across different dimensions. India also wants to play a more active role in global rulemaking. We seek reform of multilateral institutions to reflect the realities of our times. India will assume membership of the UN Security Council in January 2021 in these extraordinary times as an important voice representing one-sixth of humanity we seek to play a more active role and contribute to global peace, stability, and security. The democratization of global order can no longer remain elusive. Fourthly, explore together. Let the partnership branch into areas that have hitherto remained unexplored. We need to challenge ourselves. For example, in a short span of time, our energy trade has crossed $9 billion, representing an increase of almost 100% in the last couple of years. The United States is emerging as an important partner in our energy security. We are talking of cooperation, not just in traditional areas of oil and gas, but also clean energy, power transmission, strategic petroleum reserves, and promoting energy investment. Last but not the least, we all need to shape together the world where we want to live in. In a way, this is what Gandhiji said long ago, be the change you want to see in the world. 
trust and friendship have become crucial as we confront extraordinary global challenges today. We realize the need of resilient supply chains, the importance of access to vaccines and health solutions, and IT and digital transformations. The pandemic has necessitated coordinated approaches and closer partnerships. I would now briefly touch upon what India has been doing to tackle the COVID crisis. India has been proactive in its response to COVID-19. We scaled up our capacities to test and treat in a short span of time and also to manufacture PPEs. We are known for being the pharmacy of the world. Even during the peak of the crisis, India supplied essential medicines to over 150 countries, including its neighbors and the United States. We are part of global vaccine development efforts and moving ahead with phase three clinical trials in India. There are at least five ongoing collaborations for vaccine development between Indian companies and the United States companies and institutions. India's vaccine production and delivery capacity will be used to help all humanity in fighting this crisis. The contraction in the global economy is also a reality. We need to confront together. For India, the pandemic has been an opportunity to focus on enhancing domestic capacities and also undertake economic reforms to reignite economic growth. The recent legislations in India to deregulate the agricultural and labor markets are part of our long-standing commitments to reform. Foreign investment caps in key sectors, such as defense, insur insurance, have been enhanced. A number of reform measures have been taken by our government that have opened up new opportunities for foreign investors and for mutually beneficial collaboration with partner countries. Over the last few years, our rankings in indices such as the Ease of Doing Business Index, the Global Innovation Index have improved. We definitely want to see more American companies invest in India. Through deepening economic engagement, we will see stronger foundations of India-US relationship emerge. We have indeed come a long way together, but we still have miles to go together, given the true potential of our relations. With these words, I would be happy to take a few questions. Thank you. And thank you, uh, Ambassador Sandhu, for, for those remarks. Um, for folks watching from home, uh, don't forget to send your questions through the chat box. We already have some very good questions coming in. Um, and if you want to get your question to the ambassador, now is the time. Uh, I'm going to uh, invoke moderator's privilege here and ask the first question. And it, <clears throat> I guess the way I'd like to frame it is, is there a risk that uh, India and the U.S. Are, are victims of our own success? And I say that because um, those who are invested in the relationship and in the partnership have seen over the past few years that the two countries have taken several strides forward together in the defense arena, in the strategic arena, in the energy arena, which you touched on. Is there a risk that we've begun to pick all of the low-hanging fruit? Um, 
Is there a risk that we have trouble sustaining this momentum? Um, and is that okay? I mean, is it all right once the relationship matures if, if the pace of this cooperation begins to even out a bit? Um, and so I, I, I wonder with that context, what moving forward with the next administration after the US election, what are the priorities for India-US relations and how do we keep this momentum going despite all the progress that has been made? I did underline in my introductory remarks and I want to underline here again that uh, personally, I have been in this business since 1997 and this relationship indeed is a bipartisan one. I've seen administrations across uh, whether it was Bill Clinton, George W, Obama, our President Trump, you have seen a steady progress of moving up. So your question is very interesting and very relevant. And I want to answer it by saying that one, my remarks very clearly underlined that See the big picture. Let us not get caught up in silos. Often we find that different departments get bogged down in their aspect. And somehow we need to break that. Irrespective of whichever administration comes, I am very confident that this relationship has nowhere to go but go ahead. And as you have indicated to an extent, and my remarks were very clear, not only in the traditional areas, not only in the strategic, not only in the defense, energy, as you have highlighted, but because of the COVID situation and the post-COVID situation, where United States and India have been dependent, dependable, re relevant partners. And through that, now there are so many new areas like healthcare, for example, in which there's so much of scope for us to work together. Let me just give you one example, which is again, uh, it's a little off the record, uh, off the road, but you are aware of Remdesivir. We, we, we read about it. You know, India, six Indian companies have tied up with Gilead. And together in partnership, we are going to bulk produce that and distribute it to 125 countries in the world. So all I'm saying is that there is a vast scope for this relationship to deepen. And mm -hmm. I'm sure irrespective of whatever administration is there, it will move ahead. Mm. Thank you for that. We. Um... We have a question from someone here at the Stimson Center. Um, could you please speak to the supply chain resilience initiative that India has initiated with Australia and Japan? Um, any information or details on what it might entail and whether there are plans to include other partners uh, such as ASEAN? Um, any remarks you might have on that new initiative? This is, again, I mentioned in my remarks that uh, the future, the economic recovery aspect, which is going to press all the countries, including United States and India, 
there is a very important need for us to coordinate and synergize and supply chains are one part of it uh, india has taken a lot of measures in fact uh, the lead has been taken by the prime minister himself right in middle of the covid crisis where a number of areas number of bottlenecks and number of reforms which were stalled uh, have been unleashed i mentioned two in my remarks because those are very very significant and normally they are i mean the business will certainly understand that aspect and that is uh, uh, what i mentioned in agriculture creating an all india market and uh, uh, another one in terms of the labor laws often the private sector used to talk about that you know their labor reforms are needed and this has this is indeed remarkable and it will help in encouraging investments into india then specifically too uh, there are specific sectors in which reforms have been undertaken fdi limits have been opened up and that is for all the countries and in particular for united states the point which i am trying to make to you is that certain initiatives with certain countries may have been taken but that does not preclude initiatives which are on the way with countries like united states already as you know in the last 3 to 4 months uh major investments by some of the uh the major it companies here have been announced as far as india is concerned so digital area is again going to be something which is going to be very significant and particularly because of also the covid crisis now as we are interacting each other through digital mechanisms and many times i'm sure you also face some challenges so innovation and progress will be very important in this so hmm. what i want to underline to you is that united states is definitely a preferred partner and us companies are already there and uh, there is no question of any exclusion of uh, x or y mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you for that we also we have two questions actually on prospects for uh, India-U.S. cooperation in, in space, uh, both uh, civilian and military aspects of cooperation. But I, I, we know India has a very robust space program. Um, we now have a space force in the United States. As the technology develops, it's only becoming a more important aspect of um, strategic and international relations, frankly. Uh, is we, There's already quite robust cooperation happening now, is there room to further enhance uh, space-based civil and, and military cooperation in the future? So Jeff, as part of the reforms, uh, some of these sectors in the past were completely held, they were the public sectors. And uh, in fact, uh, as the initiative that has been taken by the government recently, uh, many of uh, these sectors in which private participation was almost uh, negligible have been opened up uh, atomic energy is one defense as i mentioned to you uh, fdis are now up to 75 percent and space is also one sector in which 
for the first time it has been opened up for international participation so there already there has been a significant cooperation between isro and uh, nasa but now we will also see a uh, private sector from united states entering into and they will be welcome in fact the space policy right now is underway and once it's put out you will certainly again see a lot of possibilities opening up so i agree with you space is going to be a very significant sector in which private uh, participation of uh, many of the us industry majors uh, would perhaps be seen soon but as i have indicated that uh, uh, nasa and isro have been cooperating in fact mars mission uh, uh, nasa played a very important role and uh, that aspect will continue in fact with the present administration we have been in touch with the senior scientific officials on both sides and uh, there has been uh, robust uh, cooperation and as i mentioned to you at least there are three to four vaccines uh, in which uh, again our scientists are working our uh, governmental institutions uh from your side nih cdc and on our side indian council of medical research and its institutions are uh, and i'm sure uh, you know sun mars moon uh, again our organizations are working closely and the important and significant part of these reforms is that now the private sector will also get an opportunity to participate mm-hmm. We have, uh, maybe unsurprisingly, uh, several questions related to China. Um, this is not a China forum. Uh, frankly, we could spend all day on that topic, um, and, and we'll save that for maybe another conference. But I would like to ask um, if you think India's view of China and approach to China, uh, if you think that is coming more into alignment with the US. Do you think the US and India are seeing more and more eye to eye on the potential challenges posed by China and the proper way to approach engagement with China? Uh do you find the two countries are coming into greater alignment and convergence on this question? And any thoughts you might have on sort of how the three-way relationship has been developing in recent years um we've got several questions from the audience on that to be honest see jeff uh, as far as china and india are concerned uh, they are both uh, very old civilizations so there is a historical linkage and uh, visitors from uh, both countries and scholars and even scientists have uh, visited each other and uh, so the relationship is not just a current one so uh, but i think your your query and if i can be candid comes largely because of uh, the recent uh, border uh, issues and tension that has come up uh, i think one part i do want to underline that india united states relationship trajectory which has been positive since a number of years now i mentioned and has deepened 
this relationship has a much wider perspective than simply china so i would certainly like to disabuse uh, many uh, people who just think that it is china which is weak i mean there is so much as i have said in my opening remarks uh, starting from both being democratic uh, polities both being robust uh, federal polities and uh, look you are close to elections now look at the excitement i think uh, much as we are always uh, self critical and that happens in india too we also have a very robust and an active election system so there is a lot uh, that we share and specifically on some of the other issues which i have also raised now with regard to the border issue uh, i again uh, want to be very clear here i think uh, we need to see exactly what has happened uh, not any propaganda stuff which is put out or uh, you know any particular uh, kind of a uh, Uh, uh revolutionary justification etc uh the issue is that in the middle of this year uh there was a certain militarization that came into view i think that is well known uh, also as far as creating of infrastructure was concerned now our approach has been very clear on that i think we have again and again emphasize that we would like to have uh, peace and tranquility on the border india has no aggressive intentions at all we would like disengagement and deescalation to take place according to what have been accepted bilateral agreements and protocols however uh, one aspect is very clear that we are also determined to protect our national integrity and sovereignty at all costs now as far as uh, the three way relationship you have mentioned it's never been connected with uh, each other the united states and india has a robust consultation mechanism on several of the issues and indo pacific is one such so that has been continuing and to an extent what we have said uh, has that intensified recently well you must also remember that uh, we are all reeling under covid and actually it was covid consultations uh, that really opened up uh, uh, you know uh, amongst uh, uh, similar thinking countries or democratic uh, countries or partners that is where it actually started so uh-huh. yes uh, this is continuing and i'm sure uh, in your next uh question uh, there will be other issues which you will raise and i will i'll stop here yes uh well it's interesting that you mentioned the um covid consultations because that was a initiative that involved uh, all of the quad countries initially plus uh south korea new zealand and vietnam i believe it's now been uh, expanded to include other countries um this was touted in the indian press as a quad plus initiative even though i i don't think it was actually promoted under the banner of the quad um but it is an area where the quad countries have similarities and high levels of cooperation and and are like minded and i wonder um are there other such initiatives that 
the Quad countries should be exploring new minilateral coalitions with? Um, should the Quad countries be looking at, you know, humanitarian aid and disaster relief, um, maritime security? Uh, are there other uh, minilateral coalitions like COVID um, that we could be looking at with the Quad as a base or foundation? And really, any thoughts you might have on where the Quad is going from here? Uh, we, we at Heritage have been longtime supporters of the idea of a Quad. We've been running a Quad Plus dialogue, Track 1.5, uh, since I believe 2013 now. And so we were very encouraged when the group um, revived to the formal dialogue in 2017. We've seen the ministerial level upgraded now. We've seen counterterrorism exercises, uh, tabletop exercises, in addition to the COVID pandemic response. So we see the Quad um, graduating and evolving um, and taking on new forms. And I wonder about your vision uh, for the future of the Quad and India's participation. Uh, Jeff, uh, as you mentioned, for like-minded countries and partners, uh, and as I mentioned in my opening remarks, that in the post-COVID international order, uh, an important part is definitely that aspect in the discussions. And there is a need for coordinated response to challenges, including financial problems emanating from the pandemic. Now, there is a, also a need, uh, and which has been done, uh, discussions uh, to share best practices to combat COVID-19, then to increase the resilience of uh, supply chains in which all of us have faced uh, challenges, and also enhance access to affordable vaccines, medicines, and medical equipment, which again, I alluded to earlier. Uh, then, of course, in uh, there are issues relating to connectivity, HADR, and then, of course, maritime safety, security, health security, counterterrorism. These are important elements uh, which have figured in uh, quad-related uh, conversations. And then, of course, uh, there is reaffirmation of our collective vision for maintaining a free, open, and inclusive Indo-Pacific. Uh, so it is a process. It's a it's a, a, a continuing discussion. A continuing development, and I would not necessarily give it a particular. Uh, you know, you said many other countries also came in uh, who may not be part of the Quad. So therefore, this is a much broader uh, interaction uh, because some of these crises, uh, and especially COVID-related, uh, have uh, much wider ramifications. So this is part of that, uh, and. Quad consultations have become much more re regular. One, of course, I, I'm fully aware that Heritage has been uh, talking about this a, a long time back, but uh, COVID crisis uh, definitely gave a flip to all like-minded countries uh, to certainly find whatever platforms are available uh, to first have continuous exchanges, exchanges of best practices, and then coordinate and work to overcome these uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have uh, maybe time for uh, one or two more questions. Um, 
one from the audience asks, uh, with an upcoming two plus two dialogue um, in, in New Delhi later this month, uh, can we expect any any big takeaways? Uh, can you give us a preview of, of any headlines that might be coming out of that conference? Um, we do know that there are uh, there's a military to military cooperation agreement named BECA that has been uh, under discussion for some time now. Um, obviously, we've made substantial progress on other uh, enabling or foundational military agreements like Kamkasa, like Lamoa in recent years. Military agreements that some skeptics thought might never be done or, or be stuck in negotiations for over 10 years. Uh, we've seen the pace of, of, of the, the cooperation on that front quicken. Um, and there are some who hope that we can, you know, in the coming months or even year, uh, sign the last of these foundational agreements, which helps to um, facilitate the exchange of, of geospatial intelligence. Um, are you optimistic or hopeful that um, the BECA agreement might be signed uh, in, in the coming year? And is there anything else that we should be looking out for um, before the year's end or at the upcoming two plus two? Uh, Jeff, uh, firstly, let me leave it uh, for the quad meeting if any headlines has to come. <laughs> let it All be right. there, this thing. Again, I want to emphasize to you, and uh, you know, you have been now watching this for some time. And I, when I look back from 97, when I have been working here, uh, I see each of these as a step forward. Uh, as I mentioned in my comments that today, if we look at present, our relationship is a very broad-based defense partnership now. And uh, this is encompassing all aspects of defense cooperation. So we are not just talking about uh, simply defense trade. You know, uh, this has grown, uh, of course, the defense trade has grown big time, but we are also undertaking joint exercises, training, and all that has even happened during the time of COVID, uh, as uh, you would have been watching. And then, of course, there is joint research, there's technology collaboration, co-development, and co-production. All these aspects, you know, are continuing. And then I also underlined uh, the major defense partner and other authorizations which have been uh, Given. So uh, let me mention this much that the fact that two plus two is happening despite all the health challenges itself is very significant. Mm -hmm. And again, I want to underline is that uh, we have seen uh, a progressive development with regard to all the enabling agreements, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm sure. In time, everything will uh, fall in place and both sides are discussing it. And I will leave it to the two plus two meeting to make the necessary this thing. Nevertheless, still I will underline that there is a great further potential for our defense cooperation, which I am confident is going to march further and further in positive direction. So mm -hmm. therefore, this meeting will also be a successful meeting and a continuation of that. 
and uh, I think itself two plus two holding in this time uh, has a lot of uh, symbolism. So one is very happy that uh, this process is continuing irrespective of whatever other uh, uh, political distractions or the health distractions uh, that are uh, always uh, in our democratic polities. Yes, yes. And I, I we've made this point before, but I, I think it, it should be underscored again, the fact that we're getting high level cabinet secretary, ministerial level representation for things like the quad, for things like the two plus two at a time where there are so many challenges and frankly demands, international and domestic demands on these senior government officials really demonstrates the commitment by both countries to these initiatives. Um, and I think we're gonna see more of that moving forward. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, I think we've used up all your time. I, I wanna uh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts here at Heritage for, for taking the time to come and, and do this address today. I, I hope that uh, in the future, maybe after the election, after things uh, settle down a bit with domestic politics here in the US, we could have you back on uh, maybe early next year and talk about priorities uh, for the next administration and the future of India-U.S. relations. Certainly, Jeff, and, and I always look forward to any time, give me a shout and I'll be there. And uh, I'm sure at that time we may be even able to do it in person. But uh, as they say, God willing. And once again, thank you very much. And through you to all the people who tuned in. I know it's a Friday. Everybody has a busy time. But uh, thank you once again. And uh, again, my best wishes. Uh, stay well, stay safe. Thank you, sir. And thank you to everybody watching at home. Uh, we'll see you soon.